Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Hey, good morning, Faith Life Church, and good morning to all the people that are tuning in overseas, nationally and internationally. Hey, we're glad you can join us, and I am so confident that today, because you have taken time out to listen to God, to get a download of the Holy Spirit's revelation into your heart right now, that you're going to be blessed. I, I, the word that I have for you this morning it's, a, it's an amazing word if you let it. You know, one of the, one of the things that, um, I, that I've had to overcome is where every time I, you know, I, get into, I get into God's word, it, it just almost, you know, my brain or my mind almost automatically just takes over and, uh, and, and I just go, yeah, I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. The, the word of God tells us in Lamentations 3, 22, and 23, it says, the Lord's mercies are brand new every single day. That means every single day, when you get into God's word, you're going to get a brand new download from the same verse. That's the amazingness of God. Never get locked in on, I know this, I know this, I know this. The word of God, through the book of Lamentation, tells us that every time you wake up, there's a new revelation of what you know last week or the previous day. So every time we get into God's word, we need to have an expectation that I'm going to get something new. You know, t today, the Lord drew me, and um, I'm really excited about this, is that when Peter walked on the water, there was, it was an amazing, amazing miracle. But there are so many truths, because the way that Peter walked on the water is a, a how-to. It's a proclamation of how to walk in faith. How do I walk in faith? You know, the Bible says that the righteous will walk by faith and not by sight. And, some, and there are times when we look at it and we go, well, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that? And I believe that today that the Holy Spirit is going to come into you in a profound, amazing way, and you'll be, you'll be walking different because of this today. There's going to be a change in your thinking. There's going to be a change in your belief system. There's going to be a change the way you do life is because today the Holy Spirit is going to teach you how to walk. He's going to teach you how to think. He's going to teach you so that you can experience the reality of heaven here on earth. So what we have is in, when you look at Matthew chapter 14, and it starts off in verse 22, and it's about that Jesus sends his disciples into the boat and he says, I'm going to finish up here. I want you to go. So the disciples get into the boat and they think, you know, there wasn't, wasn't a thought, well, how is Jesus going to get there? And then during the night, Jesus comes walking on the water. Now, that, that, so, so to me, it was that it wasn't that God was doing this. It wasn't that Jesus was doing this. It was, well, uh, you know what? I want to take a shortcut. You know, the shortest uh, line or the shortest distance between A and B is to just walk across the water. What Jesus was doing, he was going to teach them how to walk by faith. So sometimes we, we look at this story, it's about Peter or it's about a lack of faith. What it's about is this. 
is that Jesus wants to teach. He wants to admonish. He, he wants to create a learning environment, a supernatural environment of increase. And he's going to start to talk about, hey, how do you walk on the water? And what you'll find in verse, when, in verse 26, they see Jesus and, and they get afraid. There's a, there's a fear. But why are they afraid? Because people don't walk on water. People don't walk on water. So they are looking, and what do they see? They see a figure, and they think it's a ghost, but it's actually Jesus walking on the water. See, there are times when you see Jesus doing something so extraordinary that you go, it can't be him, it can't be that good. So what happens is this, is all the disciples, now you're going to put this into your thinking, every disciple is focused on this. So there, there's Jesus walking on the water. They think it's a ghost. And in verse 27, the first thing that Jesus says is, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. What you find that if you're going to walk in the supernatural, you're going to have to have courage, and you're also going to remove fear from you. So the first thing that we find about walking in faith is that you're going to need some courage. You're going to need some courage. The beauty of this is, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're going to see this manifest right now. So he comes in in verse 27 and he says, take courage. In other words, is this, you're looking at something, you're going to have to have some courage to do this. And he goes, don't be afraid. And then in verse 28, I want you to see this. Peter is listening. Peter is observant. He hears this, take courage, don't be afraid. And, and so what, what does he do? He says, okay, Jesus, if it's you, command me to come. Now, he takes courage to do this. I want to do what I see Jesus doing. Sometimes we, we, we look at Jesus and we back off and we go, well, hey, that was Jesus. I can't do that. Or that is, you know, hey, I'm betting upon my own level here. He sees Jesus doing the impossible. He hears Jesus take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. So all of a sudden, in Peter's heart, he gets courage. He, he removes fear. And he looks at Jesus and he goes, okay, Jesus, can I do what you do? Is it possible for me to walk in the same dimension of love, same dimension of grace, same dimension of power as you? And what the, Jesus says, come on, you can come. So you find this in verse 28. He says, command me to come. In verse 29, he says, come. And what we find is this is that Peter, in response to Christ, in response to the God, he steps out on the Word of God. He steps out on God's Word. He's stepping out from one realm to another realm. He's stepping out of something that he has never done, and never seen. Because what's really interesting is this, that when they first saw Jesus walk in the water, their first comment was, it's a ghost. Why? Because it's the, you know, it's the spookiness that can only walk in the water. It's only evil spirits that can walk on the water. Men can't do that. And he sees Jesus doing. And I love this about Peter. 
Whatever he saw Jesus doing was a personal invitation that he believed that he could do. So there's that courage. And you and I, in this time that we are living in now, we need the courage of Jesus to believe that we can walk, we can talk, we can experience in the same measure that Jesus did. Don't sell yourself short by saying things like, oh, well, that's just Jesus doing that. Oh, that's just the pastor doing that. That's just that ministry doing that. Whatever you see in the scripture is your personal invitation to come. So what does Peter do? Now, I want you to understand something here. Faith, inbuilt in faith, is always action. When people say they believe something, they will do it. You cannot have faith in mind, you have to have faith in action. So the Word of God tells us, and you can see it all the way through Scripture, that faith produces an action. It does something. So he sees Jesus, and Jesus says, you can come to me. I want you to want, understand something here clearly, that there wasn't a committee of the 12 discussing, is it possible for Peter to do this? The 12 didn't get around and, hey, come on, guys. No, 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 come on. Hey, hey, Peter, Peter, Peter you, you can't take Jesus literally here. Yeah, come on, it's figuratively speaking here, Peter. Peter, just let Jesus come into the boat. So Peter doesn't work on the basis of a committee or public opinion. What he does he goes, Jesus said, I could do it. And he says, come. And what does he do? He steps out of his comfort zone. I heard an amazing comment. I don't know who it was, but it was brilliant. It was this. If you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. You've got to get out of your comfort zone of being protected into stepping out on God's word. And the Bible says this, is when you see Jesus, you will get the courage and he will remove fear. Now, I want to just now read uh, verse 30 on Matthew 14. He says this, But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And when he, and, and when he began to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his, reached out his hand and took him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Or the message translation puts it like this. And Jesus, hesit Jesus didn't hesitate, verse 31. And he reached his hand and grabbed him. He said, faint-hearted, what got into you? I, I love that. I think the message Bible kind of clarifies it a little bit here. He, he goes to Peter. See, Peter starts to sink. And Jesus says, well, what got into you? What... The word got into you and you walked. What got into you that made you sink? I want you to watch this. It says, after seeing the wind. How do you see the wind? You don't see the wind. You see the demonstration of the invisible on the visible. The Bible says you can't see the wind, but what you can do, you can feel the effects of it. See, you, you know, you see sailing ships, you see uh, kids flying kites, you know, you've got all of this. You can't see it, but you see the effect of it. So it is the invisible realm 
that has an effect on the visible realm. And he says, when he began to see it, he became frightened. What did he do? I want you to notice this. When he lost focus, he went back to the state that he was before Jesus spoke to him, don't be afraid. So what you have is that they see Jesus and they go, it is I, don't be afraid. Fear leaves. And then all of a sudden he steps out in faith and fear, he goes back to the same state that he was in. And then he says this, and when he began to sink, he cried out. Wow. Peter waited until he began to sink. Here's, here's something for you. Don't wait till you're sinking to cry out to God for help. Don't wait until the, the sure footing of God's word is no longer working for you because of your doubt. The Bible says don't wait. So many times we wait until we hit rock bottom before we cry out. See, what, was, what God is teaching us here is this, is that when he stepped out on the water, he saw it, he got scared, he started to sing. He waited until he was on his way down instead of crying out to hell before. And he said, Lord, save me. And immediately he took his hand and he said to him, you of little faith. Now, just, just most of the time when we interpret this scripture of you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's clarify a few things. People, there's one, in the Greek, the word little faith means this. It's small in number and it's small in quality or quantity. So in, in, the, in the Greek, when he says, when we talk about little faith, the presumption is this, that it's small in number or quality or quantity. But in the Aramaic, it means this, your faith is quite young or inexperienced. What we fail to sometimes recognize is that Peter didn't fail, didn't sink, because he had no faith, because he walked on the water. If Peter had no faith, this would have happened. He would have climbed out of the boat and automatically sunk. But the Word of God says he was walking. Peter was walking. So what does it tell me? Is that when Jesus said, you of little faith, if, if Peter didn't have the faith to step out and do the impossible. He would have sank straight away. So there was a time gap between him sinking and walking. So what I, when you start to see this in the light of God's revelation is this, is that Peter was walking by faith. He wasn't walking by sight. So what we have is this, is that Peter steps out all the other 11 are looking at him and he starts to walk. And he starts to walk. The key is this. But seeing the wind, when Peter first cried out to God and he said, come, he came. He was focusing on Jesus. Jesus was the center of his attention. Jesus was the center of his faith because he was stepping out on his word. See, Peter wasn't going, hey, I've gone, 
you know, and I've got a degree in walking on water. I got the degree on this. He says, the reason I'm walking on the water is this is that I'm stepping out on God's sure word. When he said, come, faith came in, and I started to come. He started to come. See, Peter, when you, when you start to see this, is that Peter had a young faith, an inexperienced faith. He doesn't say he had no faith. You know what the inexperience was? He lost focus on Jesus. See, to walk in faith is that the source of faith is Jesus. See, as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, kept his eyes on the Word, kept his eyes on Christ, he was walking, he was walking. But the Bible says this, is that Peter comes in and he does this. And he goes, he starts to, he takes his focus, he takes his attention off. The center of his attention when he walked on the water, was Jesus, his word. But the moment he looks around, he takes his focus off and he sees the wind and he sees the waves. He starts to look at the water and all of a sudden, fear comes back. The fear that said, oh, it's a ghost, but it was Jesus. Jesus removes that fear. The moment he stops looking at Jesus. Fear walks in and fear talks to him. Hey, Peter, who do you think you are? You can't walk on the water. Hey, Jesus is the son of God. Hey, hey, you're a fisherman. You, you, you're unexperienced. No one does this. This is out of your league. This is out of your class. Come on, Peter. And he starts to sink. And what I love about this is, watch this. God gives us a safety net when we step out on the Word. So many people are like this, well, Ted, I don't want to fail. Yeah, I understand that. Well, uh, you know, so, sometimes it's better not, you know, to, uh, not to try than try and fail. It's the fear of failure. The fear of failure, what keeps us. But there's a safety net. Watch this. The safety net was this. The moment Peter started to sink, Jesus was there straight away. Now, I heard some commentaries. Oh, that's because Jesus was right next to him. Now, watch this. Is when they first saw Jesus, he was afar off. He looked like a ghost. And then when Jesus began, when Jesus began to speak, they didn't recognize the figure. They recognized the voice. So he might have looked like a ghost, but he spoke. And when he spoke, they recognized him. And he stepped out on that. And the Word of God tells me this. I, I love this. This, is, this brings contentment to my heart. It brings courage into me. The moment he started to sink, what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't go, well, Peter, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to teach you a lesson that you are proud. I'm going to teach you a lesson that who do you think you are out of the 12 that you got to be the one. What did Jesus do, Peter? Your faith is young. Your concentration needs some strength. You lost your concentration. You lost your focus. And he goes, I'm not going to let you drown. But he picked him up, put him back in the boat, took him along to the shore. So here's your key. When God asks you, 
when God moves you, when God bids you to step out on God's word, you can rest assured, if I fail, God will rescue me. There is a safety net, and his name is Jesus. He's not going to allow you to fail. He's not going to allow you to sink. He's not going to allow you to be disgraced. That is why Apostle Paul said this way, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power why wasn't he ashamed? Because he knew that he, the power of the gospel can never, ever let you down. And so what we have with Jesus here, he says this. He goes, Peter, your faith needs focus, and your focus is me. As long as you keep your focus. Watch this. In Joshua 1.8, it says this. He's talking to a nation and he says, you're going to be a nation that is going to possess. You are the possessors. You're going to do something that hasn't been done before. Hey, Joshua, I, you are leading men, women, children, somewhere where no one has been before, where no one has experienced before. And he says this in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it night and day, so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will achieve success. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from you. What is he saying here? That you are continually to focus on the Word. You are continually to focus on God's Word. You are to Always talk it. Don't let it move your mouth. What does that mean? It means this. You've got to start declaring God's word continually. So many of us have been kind of fooled into thinking, well, I prayed, you know, I said it once, there it is. But the Bible says to Joshua, hey, Joshua, listen to me. It's not enough one day to read something, put it back down and forget about it. What he said to him, Joshua, if you will continually focus, your faith will grow, your strength will grow, you will possess one, one nation after another nation, after another nation, after another nation. But your success is not in your might, its success is not in your power, your success is not in the people you hang around with. Your success is this, that you keep 100% eye view, mind view, emotional view, expectation view of me. So he says this to him, if you will put the word of God in front of you, if you will continually, continually be reading it and speaking it. Listen to this. Uh, this is um, in um, Psalm 16, verse 8. It says this. Because I set you, Yahweh, always close to me, my confidence will never, ever be weakened. Because I set you close to me, or because I set you constantly to me, that I will never, ever be weakened. There will never, ever be any strength leaving me. So what we have here is that Paul, sorry, that Psalmist is saying, that I will continually keep 
it in front of me. In, a, in, the, in another translation, it says it this way. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I love that. I have set continually. I have set the Lord continually before me. When I first read this, I'm thinking, hold on, hold on. How do you set continually? So to me it was, well, I've set it in place. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But the, but he, the psalmist David says, this man was successful. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy has victory among victory, amongst victory, victory on victory on victory. And he says this, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Now, watch this. That word set. I have said. So there's two things that we need to be doing. This is how do you focus on God. This is how you walk on the water. Number one, you set something before you and you continue to do it. So it's not a one-off thing. It's not just, well, I've said it, I'm done. It's not like a cruise control where you set and forget. We've got to get out of that mentality, set and forget. And he comes this, the Lord I have set continually before me. I love it. This, the word there, set, means this. David made his heart and mind to be identical with the heart and the mind of God. Let me read that to you again. The word there, I have set, means this, is that he made his heart, and mine to be identical with the heart and the mind of God. Wow. So he's the, what did David do? He said he was continually, he was continually in focus with the heart of God, with the mind of God. So what was he saying to here, to you and me? He goes, if you keep on thinking, if you set your focus on how God thinks, if you set your focus on how God works, then you will have success. So what David was saying, the secret to me, if you, you know, people go, well, what's the secret? What's the secret? David goes, it's not a secret, but it's a secret to those that are not willing to look, that are not willing to listen. And he says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Um, there's another way to translate this, and the Passion Bible helps you with this. And it's in, it says, it is possible to translate this section as this. I have determined in my heart to be identical with the mind and the heart of God, and I will not let my resolve be weakened. Let me read that to you again. It's possible to translate 16.8 to this. I have determined in my heart to be identical with the mind and the heart of God, and I will not let my resolve be weakened. So here's the amazing part of this, is that David, he comes up and he goes, I have set God before me. I have decided that my heart is going to be like his heart. I have decided that my mind is going to be like his mind. I have decided is the way he works, I am going to work. Wow. Here you are right now, wherever you are in your boat, God says, this is how you walk by faith. You step out on God's word. But once you've stepped out on the God's word, you keep your focus, your focus, your focus on him. Let me give you another amazing scripture. Is this. It's in Isaiah 64, verse 7. 
There is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself to take, to take hold of you. There is none who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take a hold of you. Wow, and I, I looked at that verse. It's an amazing verse. It, it's, it says, there's no one who calls on your name, but it's this word stirs. I look, so to me, what, 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 is, what does it mean to stir? The word there, stir, where it says, there's no one who's calling on my name, no one who stirs himself to take a hold of you. So here's, Simon says, there's no one that is stirring himself to take a hold of God. The word there, stir, if you look it up in uh, W.E. Vine Expository Dictionary, it defines this, to stir up as to kindle afresh. To stir up as to kindle afresh. To keep in full flame. So that means that God sets something in you, but you, in your part, is when you focus you kindle the fire. You keep it fresh. And he says this, the word there, stir, is also used uh, as, as a fire that is capable of dying out because of neglect. A fire that is capable of dying out of neglect. So he's saying this. Isaiah is saying is that there's no one that he's stirring himself to look at God. There's no one that is stirring himself to see God. And he goes, the way you kindle it, you lose that fire, you lose that ability, you lose that supernatural forward momentum is when your focus isn't going up. So the way you stir yourself up is to refocus Refocus on God. Refocus on what God's doing. Refocus on God. It is If God's called you to step out in business, He's called you to step out in, in, in an adventure, you step out on God's Word, but you can't let go of your focus. When He said to Peter, Peter, the reason you sang is not because you didn't have any faith. The reason, not because you did something wrong. Peter, what you did is your focus shifted to the thing you're supposed to be walking on. And because your focus has shifted, what you're supposed to be walking on top is now you're going to live in it. So what does it tell me? Is when you start to focus on God, you walk on top of your problems instead of in your problems. You know, people go say this, you know, I'm doing well under the circumstances. You're not supposed to be under the circumstances. You walk on top of the circumstances. What Jesus was telling Peter, what Jesus is talking to you right now is this. Step out on God's Word. And when you step out on God's Word, keep your focus on me. Peter, your faith is young. What's it young in? It's young in this as you get distracted so easily. Peter, your problem was not your faith. Your problem, you didn't have weak faith. You had inexperience. You had, little, you had, you had faith that has lost its training. See, a strong faith is this, is that I keep my focus, my attention on God, not on my circumstance. 
So Jesus wasn't saying, Peter, you got no faith. Peter, you walked in the faith. I, I, I believe in the Ted Fabianic translation in this. Peter, look back. Look how far you've walked, Peter. Peter, turn around. Let me show you how many meters you walked. Let me show you the impossible what you did. Peter, you did that. But I'm not going to just leave you there. I am going to refocus you. I am going to rechannel you. I am going to put you straight. Peter, you could have kept walking with me to the other side if you didn't lose your focus on me. Joshua, Joshua, you will take the whole, you will take all the land. Why? Because you are focusing on me. David, because you continually sit your mind and your heart before me. That means every day you don't stop, you don't, you don't have a break from God, but every day you get into God's Word. Every day you get into prayer. Every day you get into encouraging somebody by the Word. And Peter says this, Peter, have your mind like my mind. See what I see and then you can do what I do. So here's, the, here's something for you right now. Believer, you have faith. You have faith. We have wrongly interpreted this as that God was scolding them. We have wrongly interpreted these scriptures that God, that they went into a scolding session where God was saying, oh, come on, come on, come on. What he was telling them was that this, was a, this is an actual word of amazing encouragement. He says, Peter, you have faith. It's an immature faith because you haven't learned how not to be distracted. Do you realize that it is Satan's job to distract you, to bring things into your scope of vision, to distract you from God? What causes us to stumble? What causes us to decrease and eventually stop? It's a loss of focus, not a loss of the word. And it's not a loss of faith. So what does Satan try to do? He tries to distract you. You know, today, you, you, you turn on the news and it's distraction after distraction after distraction. So many people, we get distracted by this news, that news, this event, that event, this person, that person. I, all of these distractions. Listen to me carefully. The distractions will not help you. The distractions will not get you to walk on the water. The distractions are not going to get you healed. You know, so you pray. You know, I've had, I've, I experienced this myself as a young Christian. You pray for yourself because you're sick. And, and, and all of a sudden you go, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. And then a little pain comes along and you get distracted. And you go, oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. What happens with faith is this. Is you step out on God's word. And then you walk by faith, by full concentration on God. Therefore, you get like Romans 12, verse 3. It says, by the transforming of your mind. The more we think like Him, the more our ways will be like Him, the more we will speak like Him, and we will get the same results as Him. This is the beauty of it. I'm here to encourage you today. Hey, you've got more faith than you think. You can't get saved without faith. You can't believe without faith. You cannot have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you without faith. You have faith, but your faith is distracted. So today, the word of God for you is, get your focus back on God. Don't get distracted. And two, don't wait 
until you start to sink. And I was praying for this, and I really felt the Lord drop this into my heart for people here right now. Don't wait until you fall before you cry out to God. What I believe when I saw this, Peter waited until he was becoming part, he was becoming drenched in the water. Then he cried out. What would have happened if all of a sudden he was tempted to, be, to lose his focus? He could have said, Jesus, Jesus, help me so I don't lose my focus. Instead of falling and then getting up, before you fall, before you get distracted, when you are tempted to get distracted, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. The way you resist is keep focusing. But God said it. God said it. God said it. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. You have got to move into a new level. We're living in an unprecedented time in world history. There's so much happening. There are so many things that people are going under. But I'm here to tell you because of the love of God, the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, you and I can walk on top of the circumstances instead of underneath it. So you don't have to wait. If right now you feel yourself sinking, cry out. Don't wait until the water's over your head. Cry out, God, help me to resist. God, I want to, I want to focus. Help me to keep my focus on you. And what does it say? Like you said in Isaiah, start to kindle the fire. It is by neglect. Now, when the Bible says it's by neglect, is this, is when I don't choose to do it continually. The word neglect there is this, I don't do it continually. Every day I pray. Every day I get into the Word. Every day my concentration is on God. My whole life is all about God. And today you're going to see a miracle. I am here to tell you that because you've listened to this, the Spirit of God is working on you. The Spirit of God is rekindling the fire. The Word of God is burning on the inside of you. You're back to your focus. You're focusing on God. Hey, it's all right. You can get out of the boat because there's a safety net and God is a safety net. And you and I, it is time for us to walk in the new power, in a new dimension. We step out because God's called us and we walk by our total concentration on Him. Don't lose your focus. Don't let your focus stray. Don't let your mind wander. Don't let your heart be decreased with problems. Keep focusing on God. Just right now, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your family. We're going to pray for your business. We're going to pray for your finances. Because I believe that we are to step out and start to declare the Word of God over everything that concerns us, every part of our lives. You are a man. You are a woman of faith. You are a believer. You are not a doubter. Today is the day that you refocus. Today is the day you stir that fire of God. Today is the day where you let go of neglect. Today is the day the fear leaves you because the Word of God and the power of God is in you and on you right now. If you're sick, the power of God is there to heal you now. If you have fear, fear is leaving your body and your mind and your situation right now. Lack is leaving you. The moment Jesus spoke, fear left. So right now, I just want you to settle down a little bit. Calm down. Rest in God. And go, God, I'm going to refocus. Father, 
I am going to set you before me and I'm going to do it continually. That means, Father, from this day onward, Father, I am going to wake up every time. I'm going to keep my imagination. I'm going to keep everything focused on you. I am no longer going to focus on the, out, the perimeter of things, of fear, of doubt, but I'm going to focus on you. God, continually, every single day, I am going to confess your word. Every single day, I'm going to proclaim your word. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to encourage myself in the word of God. I'm going to be thinking about the word of God. So just right now, let's let me pray for you. Why don't we do this? Let's do something really brave. Let the Holy Spirit refocus you to Jesus. So Father, right now, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I just declare that you are right now, you are refocusing us to you. Father, we're taking our eyes off our sicknesses. We're taking our eyes off our doubt. Father God, of all the things that we are moving into and that we have moved into. Father, we choose today, God, to stir us up. God, rekindle that fire within us that makes you the center of our attention, that makes you the center of our world. Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to have you as my, give you my total concentration. I'm going to give you my full focus that I'm going to focus. I am going to focus on your word. I'm going to focus on you. And Father, today I'm going to get out of the boat. I really sense this in my spirit that there's been a, quite a lot of people that you stepped out and you have fallen. Others have said to you, you have no faith. Look at you. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. Get back in the boat. Don't ever do that again. I, I really sense this in my heart that there are people that have stepped out in faith and it hasn't worked out and you said, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to give up. I will never, ever again try that. I'll, I'll, I'll never again um, do this or that, whatever God's called you to do. But I really believe today that God is healing you, that because you watch this, because of the power of God's word that I have spoken, is that your spirit and your mind and your, is being healed. And I here decree that you're getting out of the boat and you're going to walk on faith. Yesterday is gone. God's mercies are every day new. There's a newness about it. So today you're going to walk out on water. So I, I, just, I just want to encourage you that if today that God's calling you to step out God's calling you to believe the unbelievable, to do the impossible. Step out on God's word, but then continually set his face before you and don't lose focus. And if you're here right now and you're listening to me and, and you've never given your life to God, you, 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 know, you just go, wow, Ted, this is amazing. You, you, all of this is about Jesus. Jesus is my safety. All of those, yeah, healing is yours. Yes, all you need to do is believe. The Bible says it's by faith. And the Bible says if you believe that he lived for you, that he died for you, that he paid the penalty of sin, death, and the curse, the whole lot for you, and then God raised him from dead, you shall be saved. If you pray this prayer after me, I know that if you do it in faith, you will be saved. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I want to thank you that you were born just for me that you lived your life for me, that you preached for me, that you suffered on the cross and you paid the full penalty for me that I can be saved, healed and delivered and prospered. And I believe that you died and you rose again for me. And I right now receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you've prayed that prayer, hey, we'd love to send you a gift. Uh, if you needed to um, talk to somebody, we're here to talk to you. We're here to pray for you. So there's going to be a link that will come up after this. We want to get in touch with you and just get you plugged into an amazing church and uh, get you under God's Word, under God's Holy Spirit, and see you have a fruitful and a bountiful life. Hey, God bless you. Hey, I look forward to being with you for another faith-packed meeting. In Jesus' name, we'll see you soon.